Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you all out to another live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well. And for those who's watching me for the very first time, my name is Josh Wesley, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life. If you feel like these resources and videos and tools are something that uh, will aid you in your uh, life and walk with God, go ahead and subscribe, hit that bell. But for those who's been watching me for a mighty long time, whether it's been uh, 12 years, six years, three years or just two weeks ago. I want to say thank you so much for subscribing to my channel. I hope uh, these resources continuously help you as you navigate life. So I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to come into this uh, live Q&A. And for those who's new to these Q&As, uh, typically, um, uh, periodically, I do these live Q&A videos um, to really just kind of give people an opportunity uh, to ask questions. I do my part to help them out. So I'm going to let everyone get in real quick and get the chat going. Let me know where you're watching from, what city, what state, what country, all that good stuff. And then we'll get to it. I won't be before you all too long. Probably give myself a 30-minute goal. And so I may be here 25 to 30 minutes. Um, my two cents. What's going on? Shalom, Josh. What's going on, my brother? Hey, what's up, Aline Collins? Oh, my gosh. I don't think I've ever caught you out. Hey, first time for everything, Alexia. Thank you. I'm glad to have you here. Go ahead and get your question. And I would love to see how I can serve you. Jaretta, what's going on? Hey, Coach Josh, how are you been? Watching from Massachusetts. I'm doing all, all as well. All is well. Hope you're doing well as well. Thank you for watching Massachusetts. Huntsville, Alabama. Thank you for watching. I got a good question. Got a first question from Jody. Jody says, how should black Christians respond? Oh. There we go. How should black Christian respond to black power movements that denounce Christ and make claims that blacks are the gods of the earth? Um, um, what you do is just don't worry too much about that. Uh, what I would do is it continues to be the light that God wants you to be um, because anything that you put... Um, as a descriptive of yourself, you have to be very careful because that's what you identify with. And, and as a, a Christian, you're a Christian first. And so when you process that that way, you understand the value of how God made you uniquely, but you understand it as one true God. And um, let's continue on your walk with God, understanding apologetics, understanding what you believe and why you believe it. And let those people believe what they want to believe. And what I do when I get uh, involved or in moments where I interact with those like that, I just show them the love of God and just say, hey, man, uh, um, if if you want to listen to me, if you want me to engage with you, then I will. But if it's going to be like you're trying to persuade me or convince me or or trying to uh, be loud and argumentative, then I don't waste my time. So what you do is you continue to be the light and the ones God draws to you, that's who you evangelize to. But I won't get so caught up in debate and going back and forth with people in their different belief system if they want to debate and argue or with the root of the debate is argumentative i wouldn't even waste your time with them um but you know who the true god is and continue to follow him and let your light so shine that so when men look upon you they'll see his good works and glorify god that's in you so how should black christians respond to black power movements that announce christ and make claims that blacks are the gods of this earth um they'll have what they say it's, it's a tough responsibility um, to be God. And so let them let them go about it and, and see how they fare in, in trying to be God. And time will prove. Uh, but you continue to prove God in your life by just being a light. That's the best advice I'd give you. You don't want to go back and forth and be argumentative with individuals like that. It's just not wise. Wayne Hamilton. What's up, coach from Allsburg, Virginia? Thank you for watching, fam. Sean M says, let's see what you got. Uh oh, let me scroll down. Shanji says, hey, coach, does God have only, okay, does God have only one person made to be in a relationship with you, or is it multiple people that can potentially be your mate? Um, this is the best stab that I can do at that. Um, I'm not God, but I will say this. Um, here are my thoughts, and, and take it for how you can take it and, and make sure you always parallel it with the things of God. Um, but this is the best advice I would give you. 
is that I do believe ultimately God has someone for us. Um, I think for a pool of people, this is my opinion, for a pool of people, I think there's a, based upon assignment, there's there's people who are compatible. Um, people with elite assignments, uh, high callings, um, the pool gets smaller and possibly there's only one person. Now, the logical response would be what happened to that? What, hap what happens to the person that if there's only one for me, what happens to the person that person dies? We have to understand from our vantage point that that can kind of make us feel confused. But from God's omniscient standpoint, he knows exactly who the person is. He knows who's going to die off. Who knew he knows who's going to die early. And he already has that person available. Um, some people have God's uh, perfect will, predestined will. Some people got God's permissible will, but it all boils down to free will. I think you will eventually meet the one. God foreknows who will be faithful to him. And he knows that those people will follow him through all the way to that specific person. And he also foreknows the individuals who will not follow through. And then there may be a pool of people. But if we really look at it, most people, and it's just for me, from my angle, most people settle. And there's a lot of people, there's a handful of people who are faithful. And so those who settle, they settle. And, and But God knows how to maneuver things from his omniscient point since he knows everything before it's beginning, before it's even existing. So since he knows, I really do believe that he knows the people that will be faithful to him. He knows that those people will find each other. And he knows that certain people based upon assignment will probably fall in second tier, will probably fall into those who are compatible. And the third tier are people who will settle. So do I believe that God has someone for you? I do believe. Um, but God also knows from his foreknowledge who's going to be faithful to the end to find the one that he has for them from the beginning. That's my opinion on it. Um, but I'm not God. And, and I, I do believe in that thought that someone is for you. I saw it in my own marriage and how God strategically put us together. But we both to the best of our ability, really followed God in a certain way. And we found each other. And, um, so I can only go by my experience, but I do know that a lot of people settle and there are some people who may God may per be permissible for them to marry people who are compatible. Um, but I really do believe God desires his will is perfect. His purpose is perfect. And I do believe he has that person for us. But how many of us are willing to be faithful to, to trust him with that person and to eventually meet them? So that's just my standpoint. But everything that we do and process must be from God's vantage point and not our vantage point, if that makes sense. Great question. I hope that helped. I hope it didn't add any confusion to you. Miss J says, hey, coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm enjoying the purpose. I'm so glad you're enjoying the book, Miss J. I'm glad it's a blessing to you. Thank you so much for purchasing it and, and engaging in it. And I'm glad it's a blessing to you. Thank you. Uh, Jody says, oh, live from Indianapolis. Thank you for watching, fam. Uh, Elaine Collins says, what do you do when you just feel exhausted? Uh, let me see, Elaine. You got another word after that. It. Let me see, Elaine. It. Okay, here we go. Give me one second, Elaine. What do you do when it just feel when you feel exhausted? It seems like the more I dig into my word, I deal with more spiritual warfare. Well, um, resistance is proof that you're going in the right direction. No resistance, you're going in the direction the enemy wants you to go. Whenever there's resistance, that means what you're reaching towards and what 
you're doing in your relationship with God is working and the enemy doesn't like it. So that's just pretty much what's going on. Uh, when you find it the hardest to pray, when you find it the hardest to do anything, keep going hard at it because that's the resistance is what's going to make you stronger. But most people, they back out in the moment of resistance because they don't understand spiritual warfare. Um, spiritual warfare, we in a war and the enemy's ultimate objective is to keep us from God. Thank you so much for giving that uh, that that uh, the enemy's ultimate objective is to keep us from really bearing fruit from our fellowship with the Father. And he knows that when we when we taste the seed, and taste and see that he is good and that and that he is the only place where true joy, true love, true peace is found, then he knows that we'll be, I wouldn't say the word addicted, but we'll be committed, right? And what often happens, most people never get to that point. And so they, they don't understand the beauty of discipline and the fruit that comes from it because of one's understanding of just how good God is and how loving he is and how uh, he has called us for a specific purpose. So when you become more aware of that, um, warfare kind of wanes a little bit uh, because they know that you got a grew in a level of understanding and that you're able to withstand uh, and, and stand firm knowing that God is your supply. But yes, when you feel the hardest to pray or read your Bible is because the enemy uh, wants you not to get deeper into that because when you really see that God is good, you, you're going to be inspired by it, committed to it, and be disciplined with it. That's why I tell people, if you ever want to remember something that you forgot, think about reading your Bible. Think about praying. You'll You'll see the spiritual warfare happen. You'll remember everything you're supposed to do. You'll remember everyone you're supposed to call. You'll find this uh, uh, <clears throat> supernatural energy to do other things because the enemy knows and there's demons that are assigned to you. And I believe demons have quotas and their goal is to find ways to make you stagnant, to make you complacent, to make you confused and ignorant. And so that so that you'll never tap into the power that God has for you to tap in, which is the spirit to do exploits for him. And that's why most of believers in America and around the world are shallow in their faith. They don't want to go deep because spiritual warfare is not taught. Saints are not being equipped. So Aline, to encourage you, um, um, know that God is with you. Know that you're going in the right direction and trust that God will establish himself in you and stay committed, stay consistent and watch when you break through those breaking points or those uh, resistances, you will find that sweet spot of God. And then you will be like, you know what? I, now I understand the tactics of the enemy and I know how to overcome. And that's the best advice I can give you, my friend. Uh, and so keep digging. Keep digging. Nothing worth having is found at, in the shallow waters. Um, you got to scuba dive to get treasure. Keep digging, keep going, and keep fighting. My book on spiritual warfare, you can get that now on my website. It's called World War Me, How to Win the War Within, because you're not going to be the you're not going to be able to win the war against you if you don't first win the war within. And uh, this book talks about the whole armor of God and spiritual warfare. So it's available on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Uh, and or you can just go straight to Amazon, type in Joshua Ezzy, and that book is there and it will help you with that spiritual warfare. We got a super chat in. Okay, thank you so much for giving. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I really, really do. Let's keep going. Uh, <clears throat> So when you say the word exhausted, um, sometimes tiredness is a weight from the enemy. Sometimes you're not as tired as you feel. The enemy, you ever had times when you're about to pray, you always fall asleep. Um, sleepiness is can be um, demonically uh, uh, initiated um, because they know sleepiness, hunger, and um, getting back to things that you've forgotten are great tactics to get people away from praying. And so when you feel exhausted, uh, make sure you assess what you do 
efficient as far as the essentials, eating, sleeping, etc. And if those things are well and you eating and getting good sleep and eating good, then I will really take some time to assess um, 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 how the enemy is doing. So what you do is I command the spirit of sleepiness. I command any type of demonic spirit that's distracting me. I command you to loose me now in Jesus name. I will go forth in reading. I will go forth in prayer in the name of God. I command you to loose me and leave my house in Jesus name. Amen. Keep it moving and, and go through with it. That's all I can say. Keep going through with it because once once you because we all have that 30 second to a minute window to really break that resistance. So what happens is we all most people fail within the first 10 seconds. But if you endure and you find systems like, well, let me go for a walk. Let me cut on some worship music. Give it about a minute or so. And the, the, the spirit, the spiritual warfare will kind of wane and you'll tap into that sweet spot, the eye of, of the storm and you'll be in this peaceful place. And you'll be able to seek his face and and um, everything will be great. That's my best advice on that. Let's keep going. Uh, <clears throat> Charlene Norris says, am I wrong for distancing a guy that we like? Oh, am I wrong for distancing a guy that we like that we like each other because he is not ready for relationship? Listen, there's nothing wrong with the woman dictating the man's pursuit. There's nothing wrong with that. If if you're not ready, you're not ready, right? And you have the right to say, you know what? Just because you're interested, just because you're zealous, doesn't mean that um, um, I'm just going to just bow down and let's just keep this thing going. Um, women have the right to do that, and you should be able. You should be so valuable in your own eyes that you say, you know what? I just think this is not for us right now. I think you need to go your way. I think I'm gonna go. I know. I don't think. I know I'm gonna go my way because uh, uh because what you're doing now is just not. Uh, beneficial. And listen, um, God will not send you anything that's not well done. He's not going to send you anything that's not ready. God's not going to bring a man to pursue you who's not ready. So if he's not ready for a relationship, chances are that individual, that young man's a counterfeit. And you got to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to quit because there's nothing wrong with quitting on counterfeits. No matter how handsome he is, no matter how close he is, God will not send you anything half done. He's going to send you things. He's going to send you a man that's well done, not perfect, but prepared. See, wholeness doesn't mean perfection. It means preparedness. It means that I'm ready for the next level. It doesn't mean that, that you're going to meet a perfect man. But the fact that you say he's not ready for a relationship, then you shouldn't release your time, your energy, your emotions or your effort in that individual direction. So what I would do is keep doing what you're doing, distancing yourself, but communicate. Make sure you make it very clear to him <clears throat> because don't <clears throat> don't be quiet about your intentions. So what I would do is, you probably already have, but if you haven't, I will go ahead and just uh, say, let the young man know, say right now, I appreciate your pursuit. The spicy chicken sandwich that I always told you to do, you know, say, you know what? I, I think you're a great guy. Um, I enjoyed our time that we've had with each other. Um, but at this moment, I'm not ready for a relationship. And um, if you feel that I'm distant, it's because it's on purpose. And I would just appreciate if you don't text or call. This is nothing, nothing you've done. I'm, I'm not trying to put this on you. But it's just at this point in my life, I don't think that I'm ready for this and ready for um, us. And so this is, not, this is not for you to hold on. So if you find somebody, I'm not sitting there saying for you to wait for me to get my mind together. No, no, this ain't about getting my mind together. This is my mind is made up for now. And I, I don't want you to think that I'm going to come around. And then you just keep it moving. And you just say, but I think you're a great guy. And I think you deserve someone that is willing to give you the attention that you need right now. And so I will appreciate if you um, just don't call and text me and, um, and go on your merry way. Communicate that so that you won't confuse him. 
Hope that helps. But there's nothing wrong with dissing yourself. Nothing wrong at all. Christopher says, hey, coach, what's your view on weed? They sometimes give a different perspective. Great question. You just got to be very careful for what they call gateway drugs, um, things that uh, introduces you or opens the door for you um, to, to become addicted. Um, but when I when I talk about addictions at all, or when I talk about substance, I talk about everything. I go from honey buns all the way to weed. You see what I'm saying? And we just have to be very careful of what um, things are presented to us. And so I know there's some health benefits to weed. So I'm not really versed on on what smoking weed does because uh, I never smoked. Um, but I just know you got to be very careful with anything that's gateway. I just wouldn't do it. I don't think it's wise to do it. I think anything that causes you not to be conscious and not to be alert and into your in tune to yourself, because anything you do from alcohol to weed or anything with any type of mental or mind altering substances, you open yourself to a spiritual world. You open yourself to because if you're not here. If you're not conscious and you get up in these different realms, inspiration starts coming demonically. And a lot of people use drugs and use alcohol to get to a space to either escape their world or to enter a world. And then they get all this creativity. But don't be confused because the enemy knows how to give creative ideas as well. And so I would just be very careful because when you look, when you say the phrase different perspectives, uh, God don't need weed to get weed to give you perspective. You see what I'm saying? You can be clear-headed uh, uh, um, and, and alert, and God will give you wisdom. You don't have to go get high to get to the most high. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's my views on weed. Anything like that, number one, is a gateway to other addictive substances, potentially. And secondly, you just got to be very careful because those things can put you in an altered state of mind where you're not conscious and you're not alert. And then you open yourself up because the enemy loves to put us in an environment and to have us addicted to substances that opens us up to be invaded by demonic spirits. So that's my holistic opinion about weed. Um, <clears throat> and I hope that helped. Uh, oh, okay, Aline. Okay, gotcha. It seems like, I, okay, gotcha. Sean M says, even though I'm trying to remain purposeful in my single season, I still have a hard time with wanting to be in a relationship sometimes. And am I doing something wrong? No, Sean, uh, it's, it's natural. You're human. It's it's uh we grew up in a world or we're growing up in a phase of a phase of life, depending on how old you are, where things are quick. Um, there was a time in my life, like my first cell phone was till I was a freshman in high school. Where I grew up during dial-up internet. I told a person I was coaching, the young man was 20, and I told him I remember a time where I called my mom from a, a pay phone before, and we and I talked about <clears throat> excuse me, how growing up in a world where things were kind of slow. Um, I'm glad I lived through that so I can really understand true pace. But when you grow up in a phase of life where everything is instant from the microwave to Internet, and to, now relationships start going that way. We want things on demand. Uh, we got DVR. We got uh, streaming services. So right now, back in my day, we used to have CDs. They used to have the thing under the little uh, glove, not the glove compartment, but the, uh, um, the thing that blocks the sun. See, we don't even use that anymore. We don't got CDs. Had a little CD thing where we put our CDs up there. I had a little cassette thing that you, because uh, I didn't have a CD player in my Dodge Neon when I was in high school. And I will plug in the cassette tape with the wire with the CD player and play CD through the speakers. But now, Spotify, every song that I want to get to, I can get to immediately. So what I'm saying is we live in a world that's hyper fast, on demand. If you want it now, you can get it now to the point to where you can call for food and get stuff here. Amazon Prime. There, I can't believe that you can order something right now and get it the next day. 
So I say that to say, do not allow the quickened pace of the world to make you think that God is, is trying to catch up. God is still briskly walking. Not brisk, God is still taking his time. God's not moved. The original pace for a thing is the original pace for the thing. The original time frame from it for a thing is the it's original time frame for that thing. And so what happens is the pace of the world makes us discouraged and discontent with God because God's saying, I don't move based upon demand. I move based upon discipline. I move based upon preparedness. See what I'm saying? And so we have a hard time when we compare God's uh, original time frame and pace for a thing to how fast the world goes. Now, my advice to you is during this time, what kind of helped me to put things in perspective is self-awareness. It's being aware of my preparedness, being aware of what I need to work on, being prepared, um, being self-aware of what I need to do in the moment. And nothing's wrong. That's natural. But you have to uh, assess your heart and say, am I discontenting God? Because you're going to have tough moments in your singles. I'm not going to sit there and be like, every moment of singles is going to be great. But one good, uh, good th things that would distract you from that, being distracted by that, is being productive. I wrote these six books, got two card games, 1,400 videos. My singleness went like that. I got productive. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so keep being purposeful in your singleness. You will have tough days, but that's why you always have something to do. Idle time leads to an idle mind. Idle mind leads to idle hands leading, uh, being used for idol worship. You see what I'm saying? So if you don't want to uh, idolatry, idolatrously worship something, then make sure your mind is productive towards something purposeful continuously. And when you have those tough moments, simply do the activity I always tell people, facts over feelings. Write down the facts and your feelings will subside. If you don't know the facts, your feelings will flood. Hope to help. But there's nothing wrong. It's natural. Now, if it's a continuous thing, you got to assess your heart. But if you have every now and then moments, that's natural and normal. But you got to be like Jesus in the garden against Simeon. You got to say, you know what? Um, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. But before there was this, before that sentence ended, he put a comment said, not my will, but thine will. So if Jesus can have a moment of vulnerability, but switch over and still fulfill his purpose, so can you. So make sure you uh, practice that in the middle of your tough moments and you'll be all right, my friend. Hope to help. <clears throat> my two cents says, how should we respond to the racial tension and police harassment towards blacks? Great question. I'm glad someone asked it. Um, I know a lot of you are aware of what's been going on with the, I think the brother, um, George, oh, man, I'm sorry, uh, George in Minneapolis, I believe. Um, what we got to do now is this. First, we have to understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's the first thing. What is the principality's uh, objective? What is the principality's agenda? So the reason why people kind of always, some people will say, well, coach, you really don't talk much about these things. It's not that I don't talk about it. It's just that I don't talk about it online uh, because I don't, I don't get caught up in wrestlings because we got to look at the agenda. Right now, we're in one of the transitional periods of time. The satanic goal is for us to continue to wrestle with each other. So what happens in these moments <clears throat> <clears throat> is racism real? Yes. Is a lot of things real? Yes. These issues are being used to keep us divided and to keep us wrestling with each other so that no one is focusing on the demonic uh, agenda that's going on. They need a race war. They want us to be racially divided. So they utilize these different moments and, and, and use it to pin us against each other so that while we're fighting over here, they're doing their thing over here. You see what I'm saying? And so what should we do as people is 
to speak up. We're not, I'm not sitting there saying be quiet, but we've got to make sure that we're just not loud. We got to make sure that we are, are, are actually proactive. See, I work in elementary school. So when these things happen, I always, I get black brothers, I get black young men together and I talk to the kids about things like this. So I may not be vocal like this, but I channel my, my, my actions in other areas. But in the meantime, as, as believers, we got to make sure that, that we understand that not all whites are racist, not all blacks are racist. Well, do you hear what I'm saying? But we have to make sure that we don't get distracted. We can still, um, we can still um, be proactive. We can still make things happen. I'm not sitting there saying sit down and pray about it, but we got to make sure that we first know who we are in Christ, first understand the spiritual warfare, so that we can then walk in wisdom in navigating these tension, these tense times, because the enemy wants tension inside of us so that we can be easily triggered and then more people get set up um, to be in conf conflicting situations. So the, this is what we should do. When it comes to racial, racial tension, we got to understand that racism is a spirit first. We understand as a spirit first, it keeps you from generalizing a group as such, and it keeps you from walking tense around people like that. Now, when you interact with your own form of racism, this is what you do. You don't engage it. You don't engage anything that has a demonic spirit behind it. As a black man, you know what I do? I carry myself very, very, very uniquely. I, I know I'm aware of my surroundings. Um, I was playing basketball and, and anytime I was maybe about four or five white girls came into the park, what I do, I went to my car and drove off. I was smart. So I'm teaching that we got to make sure that we walk wisely. When I walk out of a grocery store, I know I'm six foot two, black man with a beard, driving a black truck. And I know that when I walk out for white ladies in front of me, I walk wisely because I know that that we live in a tense world and I can be um, considered someone of, of such. So I say all that to say is the first, know who you are in Christ, know that you are protected, know that you still have an assignment as a black person. Then you address the spirit of it Make sure that you don't get caught up in flesh to flesh, uh, back and forth, but you that you go against it from a spiritual standpoint and then allow the Holy Spirit to tell you what you can do uniquely to, to be a light, to be uh, to be a light and to combat um, racial tension. I think what they want is a war. Um, and, and we got to be very careful on how we respond. And so we just got to make sure we're just not loud. And what I mean by loud. I don't mean that you can't be vocal, but I'm talking about argumentative. So what I would do is uh, I wouldn't post too much online about your feelings about it. I would make sure that you group with like-minded people on, on Cause social media is not the real ground because people just talk about it and then they, they're not, they're not really about it. And all of a sudden they talk big online and then offline, they just doing whatever. So what I'm saying is real people who have a real burden for this and a real call from God, they know, and God will orchestrate how they can be an answer in a situation. And so what you got to do is, is make sure that your heart is pure and that you have a, a, a pure passion towards solving this problem. And don't get so caught up in the tension of it that you're going back and forth and being easily triggered because this is not just a coincidence. This is by design. Uh, they are using this to have us fight flesh to flesh and not being alert to the spiritual warfare that's going on. So I'm telling every black person out there, person of color, be wise, carry yourself wisely, and keep seeking God on how he wants to use you. <clears throat>
in helping in this realm. Not everybody's a social justice warrior. Not everybody, and don't look down on people like that. There are certain people who are called to help other problems, but if you are a person that are called to help this problem, don't get your wisdom or your insight from people. Ask God, how do you want me to solve racial injustice and police brutality? And the Holy Spirit will give you the wisdom that will keep you safe, that will keep you uh, and will keep you safe and ensure that you are effective in your realm of influence and in solving the problem. That's my two dollars and forty seven cent on that. Man, I hope you all heard my heart. I am. <clears throat> I was hurt by it. I didn't like what I saw. I couldn't I couldn't watch the video. And, and it does uh, put a burden inside of my heart. I got, I, I serve, I work at a um, Title One school, and all I can think about is my young, my young uh, black male boys who who live in a world like this. And so I'm even more inspired to get on Zoom calls tomorrow. I'm even more inspired to put more Mr. Ezzy videos out there. I'm even more inspired to check up on the young men. So, so God has showed me my unique way in the grassroots effort of impacting those around me to help them either avoid and also putting the responsibility, not the responsibility, but making sure that uh, people who are white and people who are not engaged in these type of things or understand it, that they become aware. But I'm not going to sit there and knock on every white person's door and make them do something they're not even uh, ready to do. But at the same time, there are some things that people have to do, but, but everything has to be filtered through God, has to be filtered through his leadership, has to be filtered through him, or we're just going to be loud, back and forth, fighting, fighting, while the enemy's over here um, um, causing even more stuff that's going to hurt us more than racial tension. Hope to help. The finest art says, how do you get over in toxic X? I know she's not good for me, but I think about her from time to time. Um, soul ties, uh, 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 emotional connections are real. Um, my brother and I, BD, we did a video I want you to check out. Let me make sure I find it for you. Uh, if I have it on here, we did a video on, um, oh man, it's not here, but let me go ahead and put, I'll put it up here. Give me one second. We did a video on how to get over an X. It's on the Good Guys channel. So you can go ahead and check that video out. Let me find the uh, graphic for you so you know. And we talked about how to get over an X. Um, I think we said about four, four or five things on how to do that. Let me find that uh, graphic for you so you'll know. You can simply go to my Good Guys channel, the Good Guys podcast, and you'll be able to see um, uh, that video. I can't find it here real quickly. I'm going to see. Nah, I can't find it. Uh, let me see if it's over here. Uh, nope. All right. So, go to, uh, but how to get over that toxic X is the facts over feelings, my friend. Write down <clears throat> the reason why we... It's hard for us to get over toxic relationships because we have toxicity in our own heart. Toxic connects to toxic. You see what I'm saying? And so you got to look at yourself and say, do I have any toxic insecurity in me? Because insecurity is a toxic emotion. Inadequacies is a toxic emotion. Um, emotional wounds are toxic emotions. And so it's hard to get over something that's familiar. Right. The only way that we get over something that's familiar like that is to make it unfamiliar, to make sure that we put a distance in between the two. And so what I will advise you is to really assess yourself 
and say, what is inside of me that's still connected to that person? Is is my value in that person? That I make that person more than me than I should? Was there any intimacy involved, physical intimacy? Was there any, how much time was invested? Facts over film. When you process the facts and you see the root issue uh, inside of you, then you will uproot that issue to help the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will make it very clear what's inside of you. And then you will process that and overcome it. Right. And then you will find those symptoms fading away. Right. What you're asking me right now is a symptom. But those symptoms, if I medicate the symptoms and never deal with the source issue, about time this video go off two weeks from now, after your inspiration has fade, those symptoms rise again. So my goal is to get you to focus on the source of it and find the root issue and say, what is toxic in me that still connects to this toxic individual? And then once you find that, then you begin to write the facts of why this relationship should have should have ended. And anytime those emotions rise, you have already created created a new um, uh, mindset that then positions you to say, "I can cast down that vain imagination. I know this person's not for me. I've healed those wounds inside of me, and now I'm getting over it." How do you get over an ex? I know she's not good for me, but I think about her from time to time because you spend a lot of time with her and probably has some intimate moments. I'm not assuming that, but I'm just letting you know that that could be a possibility and uh, find the source issue. Why in, on the inside of you? Are you still connected to her? And then the Holy Spirit will show you how to uproot it. But you can get this book right now on my website, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties, Uproot Strongholds. Christ has made you free. But freedom is not just a door opening. Freedom is actually flying out of that door. And so this book talks about soul ties and strongholds. And it talks about these different things and how to untie them and be uproot from it. So get this book online. And uh, I got a ton of videos online on soul ties. And so those other resources will help because, man, I can go two hours and breaking that concept down. And I want to make sure I get the other questions. But check those other resources. Type in Joshua Ezzy, soul ties. And also you can get that book online as well. Vanita, what's going on? Uh, two more questions and I'm out. Speedy, Speedy Sprague says, hey, Coach Josh, just want to say thanks for answering my question. You're so welcome. God gets the glory, man. I'm glad that he used me to serve. The grown man video on how to pursue a woman video really helped. I'm so glad, man. Uh, for those who don't know what my brother's talking about, man, fellas, we got a lot of videos. I got, I'm starting, I wasn't able to do a video yesterday for the guys, but we got a lot of videos online. One being 10 signs you're a grown man. Uh, five things men must watch out for. I got other videos. Uh, what's my other guy video? Uh, maybe I deleted them off this uh, this uh, uh, thing here. Um, but I got a lot of videos for men. Um, what's other video? Uh, how to pursue a woman is one of them. Oh, uh, here we go. How to properly pursue a woman. So we got a lot of great videos for the fellas out there. And I'm glad those videos have been a blessing to you, Speedy Sprags. Uh, my video that I was supposed to do yesterday was going to be 11, 11 traits of a wise man, but I'll make sure I post that next Monday. Um, but the barely mentioned podcast for men is, is one of my favorite things to do because a lot of our brothers are, 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 it's a lot of resources for women, but not a lot of resources for men. And I want to talk about the things that are barely mentioned about men. So I'm glad brother, those resources have been a blessing to you, man. Um, thank you for letting me know. Uh, oh y'all. Oh, you need talking to Sean. Okay. Uh, Ch uh, Chioma says, how do you respond to people that feel you should give an ex-husband who cheated a another chance based on the idea that God hates divorce, especially when you can't? The Bible says that divorce was not meant from the beginning, but he says because of the hardness of man's heart, he made it an uh, option, especially when there's infidelity. And so don't listen to people. 
Um, God hates divorce. He hates the, the what causes divorce, but he knows what he hates even more is a heart that will not change. And what he hates is having people be in prison with a man or a woman whose heart would never come to God. So you do what you got to do. How do you respond to people that you feel should give an ex? Realize, tell them, hey, this is my life. And I'm not going to allow your manipulation to put me, keep me bound. Because some people want you bound because your freedom intimidates them. Some people want you to stay bound because your freedom, they can't have the freedom that you have. And so what I would do is I would keep it moving and know what the word of God says about that. I'll find that scripture for you now. Um, Because of the hardness of your hearts on divorce. Okay, where's that scripture at? Uh, Matthew 19, 18. Um, let's see if this is it. Uh, Matthew 19, is that Matthew 19, 8? Matthew 19. Let's go to verse, let's go to 19. Uh, let's see what it says. <clears throat> 19, okay, here we go. It says, uh, uh, he said, I say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He saith unto him, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say it to, oh, well, never mind. That's not what I'm talking about. But either way, I would really just talk to God and keep it moving. But if that man is committed in infidelity and that man's a cheater, then this is, this is your way out. And God ain't going to hold it against you, my friend. And that's, I'm going to find that scripture for you in a minute. Uh, and so keep it moving. Let, let, listen, man, don't let people run your life, man, to try to keep you bound. Cause some people, because you're bound or not bound anymore, they get envious and, and whatever. Uh, Rachel says, can you ask God to guard my heart, remove anyone that don't belong or if it isn't God's will for it not to happen? Um, let's see. Well, let me make sure I understand what you're saying. Can you ask God to guard my heart, remove anyone that don't belong, or if it isn't God's will for it not to happen? Um, you got to understand that we allow people in our heart, and the significance of our relationship with that person determines how how long they last and our willingness to be productive and to grow. Um, so what I would say, God, God can, can remove anything if you allow him to remove it. And the only way that he can remove it is through the renewing of your mind. You have to renew the way you remember what happened. You got to, you got to allow the Holy Spirit to renew the way you think, giving you new perspective, giving you a new angle to look at it. And then that's how freedom happens. The Bible says, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so when your mind is renewed, then you will be able to see things differently. And then you will begin to see these symptoms. See what you're going through right now is just a symptom of a root issue. You got to look at your heart and ask yourself, why am I remembering this person? Why am I? Because sometimes we ask God to do things, but we, we don't understand that God does it the way he does it. And he does it through his spirit, through the renewing of our minds. God's not going to be like, I'm just going to take this person out of your heart. Because if he takes the person in your heart, but you don't deal with the root reason of why that person is still in your heart, then you then, that, then another person will come in your heart and then you will repeat the cycle. In order to change the cycles, you got to remove the conceptual, the thing that conceived it. So you got to look at your own heart, Rachel, and ask yourself, uh, is it is it because of your dad? Is it because of what happened in your childhood? Is it because of, a, of, 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 of insecurities? Is it because of self-hate? 
What are the root reasons why you're doing it? And now then you got to go to God's word on type in scriptures on self-hate, scriptures on worry, scriptures on anxiety, scriptures on abuse. And then utilize those scriptures that's alive and active to renew your mind on those things so that you can progress forward, my friend. So I hope that helped you to really, really, really understand that, my friend. Just JNY says real quick, and I may do that one in, um, oh man, I scrolled past. Give me one second. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, where am I at? Oh, okay. I'll just scroll. Okay. There we go. Oh, uh, super, super. Oh, thank you for the uh, donation, man. Let me, let me see if you got a question. Thank you, man. I appreciate you giving. Oh, uh, Christian single mom, my bad. Thank you so much for giving. Man, y'all, y'all, I appreciate y'all generosity. Y'all so nice, man. Y'all been real good to me. One thing I can say about those who who support what I do here, man, y'all are some generous people, and I really appreciate y'all. Like I really do. And for those who say, man, I'm not talking about just those who give. However, you give. For those who purchase books, those who got T-shirts, those who share, those who like the videos, those who subscribe. No matter how you contribute, I appreciate you all equally, and I really do. You guys are great great uh community here online and i really appreciate you all okay just j just j and says quick question how to know if your standards are too high great question how to know if your standards are too high i'm 20 and from all the guys you talk quick question how to know if your standards are too high i'm 20 and from all the guys you talk to me i always say no and people told me i have high standards um most people, the Bible standards are too high because the stand, standards of God gives no room for compromise, gives no window to settling. And so if your standards are the word of God, then your standards are accurate. You know, if your standards are too high, when number one, God's not even require you to be that, to be that high, thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Because when you think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, then your standards will be at the level of your perspective of yourself. And then it'd be unrealistic for anyone to achieve that. First off, you're 20 years old. Your, sta your standard right now, your focus right now should be uh, uh, loving Jesus. Your standard right now should be following Jesus. Your standard should be fulfilling the assignment Jesus wants you to have. That's it. That's your focus. Because 20, unless God has a specific will for you in a relationship, uh, 20 years old is too young, in my opinion. Because you, you got to at least have two more dreams die. Now, what I mean by that is that you at least got to, there's something about maturing and growing that you begin to rediscover really yourself. Your brain is still developing. There's a lot of things that's still developing about yourself. And there's still some modules and some trainings you got to go through to really be who you need to be, right? And so if your standards are the word of God, your standards are going to be high for many, but they are not too high. So you got to write your standards down, write your standards and say, this is what I want in regards to relationship, compare it to the word of God, erase or put in place based upon what the scripture said in his pages. Then look at your life and say, am I, do I meet, do I even meet these standards? Why am I going to expect someone to meet these standards if I don't meet these standards? And what I mean by standards, we're not talking about standards of per perfection. We're talking about standards of, of the Holy Spirit progressively making us and forming us into the image of Christ, Right. We're not talking about standards of perfection where you're trying to be like Jesus in regards to his perfect sense. But we're talking about that as a person, I'm going to I'm going to be able, when I walk away, walk around, I will present him. Right. So make sure you'll stand right. Your standards down, your expectation, your values, your priorities in regards to relationship and et cetera. 
And then you ask yourself, if I'm going to expect this from somebody else, I'm going to work to make sure I meet those standards. And when other people talk about your standards, I wouldn't even talk to them much in one ear, out the other. When they get this very, when they start getting disrespectful about it, that's when you put them in their place and say, look, man, I will appreciate if you don't mention that. I'll appreciate if you don't talk about that and whatever that they, if they keep invading, then you know who to cut off. Right. But if your standards of the word of God, that's going to be oftentimes going to be high to people who, who, who are, uh, who compromise. Simple as that. People talk about me all the time. <clears throat> oh, you're a virgin and you ain't getting none. You're gay. All these different stuff I got talked about. But it, but it, but it's not he or she who laughs first. It's the one who laughs and joy lasts. And I'm not saying laughing at them, but laughter is a part of joy. It's a part of, man, I'm so glad I did it God's way. And my friend, it pays to do God's way. People going to talk about you because purity is not normal. And purity is not normal in a, in a, in a, a carnal world. So anytime you do things for the glory of God, people are going to be like, man, why are you doing that? That's too high, man. Go get you some, man. God will, people, people told me God will forgive you. Go get you some. God going to forgive you. And now who those people? People got two or three kids, two or three baby mamas, life miserable. And I'm married to a woman that God has for me and I'm progressive in my purpose. And, and it is what it is. So you're 20. Give yourself a decade, my friend, and, and really find yourself. If God comes through before that decade, Praise God. But give yourself 10 years to say, I'm going to focus on God and me. And trust me, in time, you will be glad that you did. Great questions, y'all. Christian single mom says, hey, coach, recent events have been so disheartening to see happening. How do we mobilize our prayer and hold one another accountable for putting feet behind our prayers? Great question. Yeah, man, we are in the end times, man. And and you got to make sure that you... Um, have have established a thriving relationship with God, not a barely surviving one, but one that's thriving. This is the time that these times prove. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, I believe, look carefully then how you walk, not as wise, but as unwise, making the best use of the time for the days are evil. The Bible says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That right there will help you, my friend. You got to first say, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to consume myself with the news. I'm not going to consume myself what's going on because it's going to make me heart heavy. What I'm going to do, I'm going to look carefully at how I'm walking, making sure that I'm walking wise, make sure I'm walking with the person of God and making the best use of my time. And so while everything else is going on, God will show you how to mobilize your prayers. This is how you pray in situations like these. And this will tailor to what's been going on in Minneapolis with the young man, George. Um, This is what you do. Uh, First off, you vent to God. This is is what you do. We're talking about for believers because a lot of people get upset with the whole prayer. We shouldn't be praying. We should be putting feet to the pavement. I understand that, but we have to understand that we got to go to our commander in chief first. And some of us, we look at prayer as a standby. Oh, cute color. God help us. No, this is what you do. Number one, you say, Father God, I'm pissed off. This bothers me. I can't stand it. God, have mercy on us. Help us, God. Vent, vent. Get it out your system so that you won't be caught up in the world system of flesh and flesh back and forth. So you got to go to God and vent. Social media is not the place to vent. That's why people ask me, Josh, why you don't post anything about it? Because I already talked to God about it. 
I don't talk to my wife about it. I've already formulated how I'm going to be about it. See what I'm saying? Facebook is not the place to vent because then you're going to go back and forth with other people. Uh, and what most people should do when they see things like this or disheartening things is to take that heart, their concern about it to God. And then when you vent and you process it, then you will find a peace that surpasses all understanding, able to keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus, because you don't want to get caught up in acting from, from uh, um, um, tension. You want to act from peace. You see what I'm saying? So that your shoes will be shy with the preparation of peace. So that when you step out of your home of peace, peace will be with you. I'm not going to walk around and, and start looking at my white neighbors crazy and, and, and going to my job and looking at white people crazy. That's not what I'm going to do because I'm still a believer. My shoes are going to be shy with the preparation of peace. I'm going to carry his peace with me. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and then from that, the Holy Spirit in your circle of influence will begin to show you how you can um, uh, help. And some people are not equipped to help. Some people got kids and can't really be on the pavement. So what you do in prayer is begin to target prayers. Pray for your young black men. Pray for your black and brown young guys, men, people that drive. Cover them in prayer. You say, Father God, I thank you Lord, for your divine protection over my nephew, divine protection over my son. I pray for your covering over, over my, pray cover your people who are that, and then trust God with protecting them we're talking about those who are not able to go to the pavement because there's some people who are gifted at prayer, gifted at covering, etc. Now, for those who are called to racial injustice, those individuals, believers, have to make sure they go to God and say, God, how can I affect this at my local level? God, what resource do you want me to provide? Because not everybody, everybody can be concerned about the same thing, but not everybody has the burden for the same thing. Everybody can believe and hope for the better of a thing, but not everybody have the same burden for the thing. So people can't get mad at this black person if they're not doing as equal as you doing. That person can't get mad when you're not posting online and then we say this person is this or that or whatever. What we got to make sure that we're conscious of is that we don't get caught in the system of flesh to flesh back and forth. So for those who are able to put foot to the pavement, make sure that you go to God tonight and vent and say, God, I hate what's going on. Get that out. Get that out so that you can then be at a place of peace to have the right perspective to, to, to do the will of God that he wants you to do for it. Most people are so emotional that the first thing they do when they see videos like this is hop online and go back and forth and cry about it. Cry in private so that you can be about it in public. But we as believers should always have our shoes shod with the preparation of peace, our thumbs shod with the preparation of peace. When we're tweeting, everything must be in a preparation of peace and channeled through the Prince of Peace so that we can be able to be a person of peace. And when it comes to rebuke and when it comes to being an answer, we would do it wisely. The Bible says, be gentle as a dove, but wise as a serpent. I'm not saying do nothing. I'm just saying do it wisely. And the only way you can do it wisely is by acknowledging God first. And for those who are, are in the end times and they're like, man, coach, what do I do? It's time for you and God to get close. 
The Bible says, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is his will for you? Because there's safety in his will. So was I disheartened with what happened to that young man? I don't know all the backstory. It don't even matter what the backstory is. That man, they shouldn't have put his thing, uh, knee on his neck. And they should, no matter how volatile he was, there has to be empathy. And the enemy wants us to be so make us so much of an enemy to each other that we become desensitized and lack empathy. And these things continue. But do not get it twisted. This ultimately, from a spiritual standpoint, demonically, is being used to keep us in fighting against flesh and blood because the powers that be demonically want a race war. They want they want us fighting against each other because the more you get people fighting against each other, the demons and a satanic agenda is doing stuff over here. So, hey, coach, recent events have been so disheartened. I know with coronavirus and what happened to our brother, uh, the young man seeing happening. How do we mobilize our prayers and hold one other accountable for putting feet behind our prayers? Um, just know where your feet supposed to go. And there's nothing wrong with praying if you know how to pray. There's nothing wrong with covering. Listen, right now, cover your, your young brothers and cover police officers. There are some good police out there. You know what I'm saying? And, and just make sure that the Holy, you go to the Holy Spirit to find out how he wants you to put feet behind the prayers. Because prayers are powerful when, when we use them correctly. Prayer shouldn't be, God, stop it. God, please. God, I'm mad. Vent, that's a form of prayer. But then your prayer is, God, okay, how do you, what do you want me to do, Father? And don't, that's why you don't hear me respond because I, I know what I'm doing. You see what I'm saying? And so that's that's the best advice I can give you. Your heart has to be in God, Maranatha. Uh, he's coming. And these are the signs of the time. Uh, uh, you know, you say, you say you're a single mom, you got family. Train your children in the fear and admission of the Lord. Get them prepared um, to understand God. And I'm going to do a lot more videos for believers in the end times. I'm just waiting on the release of the Holy Spirit to do so. Hope that helped. I hope that gave insight to everyone whose whose hearts are disheartening because it was it's crazy. But at the end of the day, we have to walk wisely and realize um, that racism is real. But generalization must not be a mindset of ours because uh, there's a lot of great white people out there, a lot of great black people out there, a lot of great Asians, great Indians. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. No, Native Americans, please forgive me if I, it was that if that was uh, insensitive um, cultures of all kinds. And so we got to make sure we don't get flesh to flesh, but we get from knees to knees to floor, seeking God on what he wants us to do. Because if you get on your knees first, then you'll know what to do with your feet. Simple as that. If you can get on your knees and say, God, what do you have for me to do? Here's your servant. What do you want me to do? Then he will tell you what to do with your feet. But prayer is the first thing you got to do. And I'm talking about prayer and dialogue, going to God and say, God, what must what do you want me to do in regards to this? God may be like, you know what? Stay focused on your family. I got other soldiers doing this, but you could pray for your nieces, your nephews and them. But some people, everybody's not a social justice warrior. Not everybody's gifted and called or are wise to do so. So my best advice is go to God, all of us to find out how what he wants us to do. But there's nothing wrong with praying, conversing, communicating with God and finding getting orders from him. Hope they help, my friend. I love y'all. I got to go. Coach did a lot today. Tired. Um, got a lot of good resources for you. I got this book, The Purpose of Singleness, on my website. Are you whole or full of holes? That book would be a blessing to you. Of course, the other two books that I showed you, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties, Uproot Strongholds. That book's available as well. Book on spiritual warfare, uh, World War Me, How to Win the War Within. That book's available on my website. My first book that I ever wrote over, 12, over 10, 11 years ago, Unplugged, The Top Things to Unplug From. 
man, every time I look at it, man, is a very, very good feeling. Uh, this book, Dating Prep, for those who want to date themselves and love their life forever, it's a good resource. And there's a game that you can get sold separately. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm QVC. But you got card games that you could play by yourself as a single person. You can play in a double date format. You can put, you can use it as a tool in your uh, with your cup with your significant other, and you can do it with a counselor where you give your pastor or someone that you trust the cards, and they pick the questions to counsel you with. Um, but there's three phases of questions. The cloud phase means y'all just met. The cement phase means the relationship is getting serious. Um, and the corporation phase when you engage already married and you're focusing on building your family tree or your empire. The same questions are in the game or in the book. And so I got inserts on that kind of gives insight about it as well as activities for you to do. Like this one right here is uh, comes from the question, our family tree. What would you like to see on our family tree as a cement corporation question? Another question that goes is, what branches would we like to have on our family tree? It says, I am sure when you saw this question, you were like, what is Coach Josh trying to get me to ask? Well, we all know what a family tree is, but how many of us are specific on what kind of tree we want to develop? Your attention to detail is a reflection of what you define. Okay, going deep. So you basically right here, uh, uh, your financial branch, is it weak or strong? Spiritual branch, weak or strong? Creative branch, integrity branch, physical health branch, love branch, emotional branch, identity and self-worth branch, spouse and children branch. It's a great question for you to really process. On our branch, on, on our family tree, how are those branches? Or have, are we are we allowing God to prune them, et cetera, et cetera? But that book's available as well with the card game. Also, one of my the best things I've ever done in my life, the children's book. I work at a Title I school. And so I, I'm, I got children's books I'm writing for the kids. But here's our cartoon characters. Um, and it's called, as he says, as for the students I serve. So if you got a, a K, not kindergarten, but third grade to 12th grade, this book would be good for them. Also got one more card game. Um, and see my singleness. See, see what see my singleness is? That's what I did in my single life. Um, I got another game called Memory Muscle. You heard of muscle memory, but we got memory muscle. Uh, it's a fun way to memorize scripture. Like 2 Timothy 1, uh, 7. Got the scripture on the front, the verse on the back, and, and ways to play in a group with your family. You can uh, utilize this as a good family game to get your kids and each other memorizing scripture. Like for three points with 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God gave us a spirit, not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Uh, for three points, you can say, how would you use it in the car with a family member heading to the grocery store? How would you use it to encourage yourself during a scary situation? How would you use it with the coworker struggling with fear? Also, uh, discuss it. How does fear hinder us from following God and pursuing our calling? Why must we embrace the spirit of power, love, and sound mind? It's a great resource to memorize scripture and to put it in action. Um, also, um, go to my website, IamUnplugged.com for all those resources. I'll go ahead and post a link there. Where you're able to get books, card games, you can give to support what I do here. Um, booking, one-on-one coaching. Let me go ahead and put, well, you know, go to my website, go to Custom Coach if you want one-on-one coaching with me. Um, summer se summer um, sessions are opening up. I would love to serve you. Send me your budget, send me what you're able to do, and I'll let you know my time that I can commit to you, and we'll we'll get you going. I love y'all. Also, T-shirts on my website. Uh, this goes with my purpose on the shirt. We want to be a whole bucket, not a bucket full of holes. T-shirts up under the YouTube videos. You can just go to my website, get our merch. I love y'all. Um, that's it. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.